1: This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Weiner. Now it's time to talk about Trump's campaign against immigrants with temporary protected status, TPS. Half a million people from Haiti, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Sudan, and Nepal have been allowed to live and work here because of catastrophically dangerous conditions in their home countries. Now Trump is trying to deport them. Sasha Abramsky has been reporting on residents with TPS. He writes regularly for The Nation, The American Prospect, and The Atlantic, and he's the author of several books, including The American Way of Poverty and most recently Jumping at Shadows, The Triumph of Fear, and The End of the American Dream. Sasha, welcome
0: back. John, thanks for having me on again.
1: Tell us about the purpose of the Temporary Protected Status Program, why it was created in the first place.
0: So this is a post-Cold War program. It, it, It was created under the first Bush presidency, and it was when there were a lot of people who were fleeing really bad situations, military situations, economic collapse, environmental collapse, in a certain number of countries, some in Central America, plus Haiti, plus Sudan, plus a couple other places. And it was essentially recognizing a messy reality. And the messy reality was there were an awful lot of people who had left and entered the United States either illegally or they'd come in as visitors and then overstayed their visas because they had nowhere to go back home. And the TPS program was designed to in some ways regulate them. So if they had not committed any crimes when they were here what they would do is they would apply for temporary protected status. It cost just under $500, and it was renewable every 18 months. And they were given a work permit. They were allowed to live here without being in the shadows. They were allowed to get a driver's license and so on. And these programs have been renewed pretty much like clockwork every 18 months, both by Republicans and by Democrats. And Trump came in, and he was being advised by people like Stephen Miller and a guy called Robert Law, who used to be from this anti-immigration group called FAIR, And they were being sort of put into senior positions of power in the bureaucracy, and they decided they were going to roll back TPS. So very early in the Trump presidency, you had this series of memos going out, essentially saying it doesn't matter what the conditions on the ground are like, find a way to end TPS for El Salvadorans, for Hondurans, for Nicaraguans, for Haitians, for Sudanese, for Nepalese, and so on. And we're not talking about small numbers here. We're talking about half a million people. And we're talking about people who've been here working and living in the open for 20 years, and many of them have married in the interim, and many of them have U.S. citizen children. And so essentially, Trump went into the business of de facto orphaning hundreds of thousands of children because he said, all right, we're going to roll back the protected status and deport the parents, and the kids will be left behind in the United States as U.S. citizens. And to me, there's nothing more immoral than that. This this is a deliberate family-wrecking policy.
1: I just want to talk for another minute about exactly the toll here. You say there's half a million people who've been staying in the United States, in many cases for decades, from Central America, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, also Haiti, also Sudan, also Nepal. And how many of them does Trump want to send back?
0: All of them. The the Department of Homeland Security and the other agencies responsible have now recommended terminating it for pretty much every country impacted. And you're talking about El Salvador alone, nearly 200,000 people. You're talking about over 100,000 Hondurans. You're talking about 50,000 Haitians. And they're clustered. They're not all over the country. These are disproportionately in California, in Florida, I believe in Texas, New York, Mm -hmm. and a few other states. You know, if you're a Californian it's almost certain you know somebody under TPS yeah. because there's so many people here. And you certainly, if you, have some, if you have kids in public school, almost certainly your kids are going to school with children of TPS holders. And those kids stand to lose their parents because of a deliberate government policy.
1: I know that Trump ran into opposition, first of all, when he proposed this from within the State Department. Tell us briefly about
0: that. Yeah, there were a whole bunch of lawsuits. When they started rolling back TPS, um, the ACLU, the National Temporary Protected Status Alliance, um, and several private law firms filed suit. And in the discovery process, they found a whole bunch of documents that essentially showed that the State Department was recommending one thing, namely the continuation of TPS for countries like El Salvador and Sudan because conditions on the ground were still so dangerous. And then these political appointees like Robert Law... Who had been moved to the US um, CIS were recommending the exact opposite conclusion. So they were looking at all these findings, and all these findings said conditions are dangerous, we should renew TPS. And then they'd write a memo saying, well, that doesn't sit well because what we really want to do is find a rationale for ending TPS. And so when all of those documents went into discovery, Edward Chen, a judge in California, ended up ruling that they couldn't go ahead and do this, that there was just The process itself had been so corrupted, it clearly stood contrary to the letter of the acts that were responsible for creating TPS. And so he put a hold on it. And so at the moment, like so many other immigration policies under Trump, whether it's asylum seekers or refugee admissions or whatever it might be, it's tied up in the courts. And so there is some kind of reprieve for these men and women and children, because until this has gone through the court system, There will be no deportations. Of course, the longer-term solution is Congress needs to pass a bill that legislates protections for TPS holders, and there are a lot of congressmen and a lot of congresswomen working on this at the moment.
1: So it's the the ACLU of Southern California that brought the uh, lawsuit that won a temporary injunction blocking the end of the program. That's now being appealed to the Ninth Circuit, but as a result of that, that affects... 300,000 immigrants who had lost their TPS uh, protections uh, under Trump's order, those 300,000 will be able to stay at least for another year. The government, of course, is appealing the decision. They'll probably lose at the Ninth Circuit, we think, and then they'll appeal it to the Supreme Court. So this is going to be going on for a couple of years. And in the meantime, as you say, there's been a focus on Congress. Tell us a little bit about the organizing to press Congress to change the TPS laws.
0: Well, as it became clear that Trump had this program in his sights, There was a lot of organization on the ground that started going on, sort of very similar to the organizations that began emerging to protect DACA students when it became clear that DACA was under threat. And so you have these national alliances, you have the National Day Labor Organizing Network, which is also very involved in this. You have many of the trade unions, you have civil rights groups, and they're all coming together and they're putting a tremendous amount of pressure on legislators, especially in states like California and in Florida and so on, where there's a lot of TPS residents, to actually do something. And last year, there were some bipartisan efforts that are fixed. They didn't go anywhere, but they started floating around these efforts to try and tack TPS protections onto a big overhaul of the immigration system. And then this year, a California congressman called Jimmy Gomez, not this year, sorry, 2018, a California congressman called Jimmy Gomez has begun circulating a letter urging protections for TPS. And I believe that at least 80 congresspeople have signed that at this point. So there is momentum building to provide more durable, longer term protections. Of course, anything that Congress passes at this point is going to run into a Trump veto because right. it's very hard to see how Trump is going to, in any way, shape, or form, see any political capital for himself by giving protection to this group of people. So I think at the moment, it really is this sort of rearguard defensive action to try and draw out these lawsuits long enough that hopefully they can draw it out post-Trump.
1: What the Trump people say is the temporary protected status was supposed to be temporary. It wasn't supposed to last for a decade or two decades. Yeah. And what's the response to that?
0: Well, they're not entirely wrong on that, that this is one of those messy programs that had the can kick down the road time and time and time again. And it was initially created as a temporary system, but it was created as a temporary system in response to systemic crises that weren't about to go away. So with El Salvador or with Haiti, the ostensible rationale for granting TPS might have changed, but nevertheless, conditions on the ground remained diabolical. And so what basically happened was every time the program was up for renewal for an individual country every 18 months, by default, the renewal became automatic. And so, yes, Trump's right. It was originally created as a temporary program. But if you create a temporary program and you then let people use it for two decades, like anyone else they're going to embed themselves in a community. They're not going to view themselves as temporary and they're not going to behave as temporary. They're going to go to school. They're going to get mortgages. They're going to marry. They're going to set up businesses. They're going to have children. They're going to buy cars. They're going to set up retirement accounts. They're going to do the same things that you, me, and everybody else who can does in the United States. And if you then throw them under the bus, you say, all right, we're going to arbitrarily tear up your status because it was originally supposed to be temporary, all you do is you shred the relationships they built up over decades. You break apart communities. You hurt children who are going to have to make this decision of staying or leaving with their parents. Nobody benefits.
1: Sasha Abramsky, you can read his report on Trump and TPS at thenation.com. Sasha, thank you. It's great to have you back on the show.
0: My pleasure. Thanks so much.